0: Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. What? Okay, yeah, it only makes sense to start right now. I got three beautiful people sitting in front of me. Uh, welcome to Frankie Sense and More, everybody. Before I start the show today, I do want to um, give tribute. You'll see I am wearing a Maple Leaf hockey jersey and many, many, many people across Canada today are wearing jerseys of any sports team that they feel an affinity for because um, last week in Saskatchewan, a junior hockey team was on a bus going to a game and a transport truck hit them and 16 of the players or people associated with the team died and... Um, Another 14 were hospitalized. And you have to understand, I mean, it's a tragedy all the way around, but it's a little town. Humboldt, Saskatchewan is a little town of about 5,800 people. So everybody knew everybody. And it's just, a, you know, a tragic loss all the way around. Um, one of the, if there's a good thing that could come out of it, 60, I think 63 countries contributed to their GoFundMe campaign. Uh, this morning, I think there was over nine million dollars in that, in that fund. And, it's Apparently, it's going to take months and months for that money to be distributed. And I want to talk to my panel here today about that too, because there was a couple of things that you know came up and I was a little bit disappointed about, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Let me just introduce you to a, happy, a happier <laughs> moment in my day, uh, and it's an absolute pleasure to introduce you all, and I think it's kind of a new paradigm. Uh, shift that's happening, maybe not new for those who are living it, but for those of us who are not, quote unquote, living with a disability. I don't think that when we think of someone in a wheelchair or someone who was blind, that our minds automatically go to, oh, look, there goes an archery champion uh, like Alec Dennis. Alec, raise your hand. Or, you know, John Thurston, paraplegic who water skis. Or even Linda Todd, who is legally blind and was a star of a documentary where she taught disabled people, how to throw an axe competitively. I mean, I love it. She's, she's too much. So, you know, I might be jumping the gun by a few days, but next week begins National Volunteer Week. And all three of these great folks in front of me today volunteer and give their time to Active Together Adventures. Linda and Alec are co-chairs and coordinators, and John is a curling coordinator um, for that program. And, you know, they encourage those with what Linda calls inconveniences uh, to get active, get out there and do things, things that they maybe aren't used to doing. And, you know, also coming up, and one of the reasons for uh, this particular show is that near the end of May into June 2nd, I think, is National Accessibility Week, which was first started by Rick Hansen. And Linda is the 2018 chairperson for National Accessibility Week in Peterborough. So let's meet our guests, and let's talk and look at what access looks like. Welcome. Hi, Hi, Hi. Hi. Okay. Well, you know... I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with. Um, De- well, first of all, Linda was on was on um, Mission Unstoppable last week, and you guys got to know a little bit about her. So let, let's meet her her partner here on on her right, <laughs> my left, Alec. You, um, how did you guys meet?
1: Uh, we meet through the uh, through the Active Together program. I was the uh, coordinator when we had a grant, and Linda was one of the participants. She moved into Peterborough, and she started. Part- participating in some of the programs and activities that we were offering. So, so that's how we met.
0: So there's a number of programs um, in Peterborough right now, I believe there's uh, that, that, that fall under a bigger heading and that the, uh, what is, is it? The, um, the disability Peterborough. Is it the Peterborough disability? Um, uh, I can't I'm so bad with those, with those acronyms and stuff. What but, was it? Council for Persons with Disabilities. There we go. Council for Persons with Disability. So you have um, that that AIM, is AIM or TIMS program, I believe, uh, where, where people can take a walk a mile in your shoes for a day. And um, the program that you guys were talking about uh, just a moment ago.
2: So the two programs that CDP offers, Council for Persons with Disabilities, is Active Together. Yep. And TIMS, Time in My Shoes.
0: Time in My Shoes, that was it. And, and... That program, Time in My Shoes, did not get any money this year. Is that correct?
2: No, actually the opposite. So Time in My Shoes is funded oh, okay. by the Ontario Trillium Foundation, and uh, that provides funding for, uh, to, for programs to be, to be developed, and uh, we go into schools and teach children and the teachers uh, living in our shoes. So there's kind of four sections of visibility, hearing, uh, intellectually challenged, and uh, mobility and so there's uh it's very welcomed in the schools the students are great teachers and then active together is about getting people that face adversity uh, out of their homes and doing different activities and that's the program that we don't have any funding for at all and when the funding ran out uh, Alec and I decided that we would work together and continue that program continue offering it uh, because it is a really needed and, and valued program.
0: How, how many participants are in
2: that program right now? I guess it depends on the events that we put on. So we have a, a monthly event and there's about uh, approximately 15 people or so that come out on a regular basis. And then it depends what else that we can uh, get out. There's usually there's about what 60 people in the active together uh, as far as participants registered. And it's free. You know, people just have to get to know about it and come in and let us know, and we'll let them know about when events are scheduled. And everybody with a self-identified uh, issue is welcome to come. So,
0: Alec, you did Alec um, encourage you to do archery, Linda, or was it?
2: Did you are? Where are you already doing it? Uh, no, I definitely wasn't doing it. And uh, our Alec had arranged an archery, and that was the second day I moved into Peterborough when I did the wow. big yes. <laughs> when I did the big splat and on leaving archery. So that was the first time I had uh, I had done it, and that was uh, that was Alex.
0: You have weapon. a very impressive looking um, weapon, Alec. <laughs> I'm going to call it a weapon because it is. It looks like a <laughs> it's like wow. What is that called?
1: Well, it's a uh, it's a competition bow. It's a target bow, but it's a compound bow, so it has the uh, the advantage, mechanical advantage, so that when you're in full draw, you're holding maybe only eighty percent of the uh, the full weight of the bow. So
0: oh, okay.
1: That mechanical advantage.
0: Um, you are an exceptional. Is it an archerist? I don't know what they call you, but I, I know that that you um got a perfect score. Was it like forty times or something? You got it perfect. Or- well, no,
1: it's. Uh, <laughs> So that, that particular target, there's a, there's a number of different targets. That was an indoor, it's called the International Federation of um, Archers. So that particular score is the, the 10 ring is a certain size. That's actually a five point. So if you shoot all five, 60 arrows, shoot all fives, you get a 300. But then inside of that is, I guess, what they call the X ring or the bullseye. And that's used to break ties. So out of the 60 arrows... I shot 48 of those that were inside that bullseye.
0: There's like a blush going on there. Like, Oh, I, I, I just did it. Yeah, I like, couldn't help myself. <laughs>
2: you know, what he's not mentioning is that his bow is a hundred pound bow. Wow. Not quite 60 pounds. 60 pounds. Yeah. So at last uh, a couple of weeks ago at archery, I tried pulling it and he told me I would not be able to. And he was right.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's couldn't... a lot of weight.
2: Couldn't make it twinge.
0: <laughs> Have you um, always been in a wheelchair or what happened to you? What's your story? Uh, I, was,
1: I was 29 years old when I uh, took up deer hunting for the first time with a bow. So I just started shooting a bow and I took up deer hunting. And it was uh, my second time out. I was climbing into the tree stand when the uh, branch I was standing on broke. Mm. And I fell not very far, only seven feet, but I landed on sort of my head and shoulders. and. dear. Uh, oh, that was enough to get a compression fracture of the spine. So, so that Unfortunate was event. Yeah. Yeah, 1979. Long
0: 1979. time. 79. Wow. And were you by yourself or hopefully you're with somebody?
1: I was hunting with somebody it was at the other end of the property. So it was about three hours before.
0: Oh my goodness. Wow. Out, when the
1: hunt was finished.
0: Would, would, would time have made a difference for you?
1: I, I don't think so because, uh, at that time, they didn't have the techniques they have now. So, if somebody suffers a spinal cord injury now, they they get them to the hospital as fast as possible, and they immediately do cooling of the of the area in the spine that's injured. Mm-hmm. And that damage, uh, but they didn't really have that technique back in 1979. So, I don't think it would have made a difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was talking to Rick Hansen a couple of weeks ago, and he kind of said the same thing that you know, if it happened today, you might be make a difference, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting though. Um, okay. So you've been in a chair for quite a while and I was in a chair um, for a little while. I, w- I was in a motorcycle accident and I was in hospital six months. So when I came out, I was in a chair for a while sure. and it's, it's hugely um, disappointing in some ways when you go out into the community and I don't, and I'm sure that you've experienced many times over more than I did um, when you're sitting and, and you're trying to pay for something or you're trying to do something, people are, kind of looking everywhere but at you he's like hello i'm here here i am (laughs) i like to pay for this
1: yeah that's what i found very difficult when i when i got out of rehab i was in uh, rehab for uh, four months and it's a in rehab it's obviously very safe and accessible environment and that was a real shocker when you uh when you leave for the first time you know so now you're a person with disability going into a world that's designed for the able-bodied and it is like it is shocking and it's difficult the first time.
0: And, and for the, my, my biggest complaint, if anybody is listening and you're an architect or anything, the bathrooms, they t- they put the disabled washroom at the very far end and you have to maneuver your wheelchair to the very, very end of this washroom. And I found I had to take the feet off because it never would turn that corner and go in or anything. So, I mean, it's stupid, stupid, silly. And maybe if I had, you know, professional wheelchair, it makes a difference. I don't know, but I had the, you know, I was, I was still at the hospital and, In rehab and so I had their their big bulky one I don't know but I have to say that I know why you can do 100 pounds because very very good upper body um, strength is had from maneuvering that chair around and your body around in that
1: yeah and it's not just moving the chair around like um, one of the things I think about being a high performance athlete is that you get into a real discipline and regimen of training and uh, good nutrition
0: yeah yeah
1: That helps tremendously when you uh, when you need you know a lot from your upper body, so you need to be fit, and that makes such a difference in quality of life. Like being able to transfer out of your chair, for instance, when I do uh, sled skiing or skating, you have to transfer down low and then have to get back into your chair. Right?
0: How do you do that? I mean, I have a really hard time just getting off the floor, (laughs) getting to the floor. You know, bathtubs were hard. Um, I was I was really lucky because I'd been just was on the Canadian national dragon boat team and I had trained, trained, trained to be on the team. We're about to go to Shanghai when my accident happened. And so they said, Oh my God, we've never seen a woman with such great triceps and be able to lift myself, you know, across the board and and from bed to whatever. But, um, that's all, that's long gone now. And (laughs) I mean, I I couldn't do it today. I can tell you that. Yeah, Yeah. So
1: that's, you know, that's really the key. I think, um, when you have a disability, is to focus on those muscles and those ability you still have, and make sure that you, you know, use those to the maximum. They- That's
0: why I like the word access. You know, the accessibility is, is ability. Like, like you said, concentrate on the abilities that you do have instead of those that you don't have anymore. Um, John, you also are in a wheelchair. Can you uh, yeah. tell us your story, please? Um,
3: yeah, I was uh, 24 when I got injured. It was a workplace injury. Um, uh, our construction and we were building a, uh, uh, a large commercial building when a freak storm came through and the building actually collapsed. Wow. So I was, run- we, there was, uh, there was three of us running out and I was the last one and the, the, the wall had collapsed out to the east where we ran out and, uh,
0: it just was this popped. in Peterborough or Toronto? Where were you?
3: Lindsay Ontario.
0: Oh, and Lindsay. Okay. Yeah.
3: So in 2008, um, so, yeah, the wall pinned me to the ground and um, um, crushed my spine from T11 down.
0: Oh, my goodness. Uh,
3: and uh, broke five ribs, punctured lung. And um, luckily, um, everything, like, the healthcare was amazing, the emergency responders and uh, and everything. They got me to Toronto very quick and uh, got my spine stabilized and, and – uh, and went from there and went, went to Lyndhurst uh, for rehab and, uh, and then, uh, but yeah that was uh, that was how my injury injury happened
0: I mean the, the physical toll is one thing the emotional is something totally else, and you know it's not easy to get to where I think you two are today um, you know you're you look forward to events you're out there you're doing you're physical um, but how difficult was it for you, Alec, after your accident to you know, become emotionally, um, invest and go, okay, I'm going to live like with this. A lot of people don't want to live with it. A lot of people say, no, I'm not going to stick around for this. I don't like it.
1: Yeah, and you certainly see that. Like I was in the rehab with eight other folks that had recent uh, spinal cord injuries. And uh, I think what made a huge difference for me was that the second day I was in the hospital, I woke up and my sister, my big sister had come down and she said to me, what have you got yourself into this time?" And it really really made me realize, you know, when I thought about it, yeah, you know, I did this to myself and I needed to find a way out. So it was, uh, so I had, you know, that sort of epiphany and I had an amazing attitude then that says, I'm finding my way out. I'm not going to be limited by this, you know, I'm going to do as much as I can. So right from the start, like right from the second day, I was really focused on getting better as opposed to focusing on what I had lost. I think for me, that made a huge difference. Like I was only in rehab for four months. Uh, actually, it would, could have been three months, but I stayed an extra month longer to learn how to walk with uh, long leg braces and crutches, so I was able to do that for 28 years. So, that, uh, so I just stayed in the hospital. Actually, I stayed at the university and just commuted to the hospital there in Kingston to learn how to walk with braces, so it was a very quick
0: rehab for me. I just want to mention, um, I don't know, Lynn... Uh, Tetra's in the in the audience and in, in on Facebook and she's having trouble hearing us. Oh, it's working now, Lynn. Perfect. Okay, good. Awesome. Yay! <laughs> she was having some troubles, but I know that after the show, if you ever have problems, it'll always the video is working. I can see it's working. I can see us on there. So there is a little delay though, usually from this side to that side. But other than that, that's okay. So you recognized early, I mean, a lot of people go to victim very quickly, right? They go to victim very quickly. Oh, what was me? Um, What am I going to do with the rest of my life? I'm going to be a burden. I can't do anything now. And, and yeah, it's up to me. You, you, you got it right away.
1: Yes. And and there's lots of resources to, uh, to help you on that way. You just got to, I think one of the, one of the, probably the biggest barriers that I found was expectations that other people had of me. So once you're disabled, the expectations are extremely low. Yeah. They don't expect you to go back to work. They don't expect you to be a member, you know, to be involved in sports, right? So you really have to challenge other people to say, hey, don't limit me with your expectations. I'll decide what I'm capable of and how much I can do. I
0: love that. I love it.
1: That was one of the biggest barriers that I faced. I thought it was, you know, much more so than the physical environment, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I can totally see that. And Linda, I'm going to get to you in a minute. But John, how are you? How are you? Uh, Yeah, uh, along. You're a young guy.
3: Like after my injury, it was was family and friends. Just, uh, I knew I had a great network of support right after injury and kind of got really into the fiscal part of it. Just, I wanted to be independent with transferring and everything. So, um, worked a lot at keeping my strength and everything and, and have continued that. And I think that's a huge part of it because you want to be as, as mobile as you can. And, and, uh, you're always in a different situation, especially when you're trying new things and, um, uh, yeah, you always want to be able to, to, to uh, to physically do it um if you can if you want to um try different things. like was there
0: a day when it hit you go oh my god i'm never gonna walk i'm never gonna walk again like did that day come and what happened
3: um yeah i i mean it did come to me but i i worked i worked hard, really hard on uh trying to recover whatever i could after my injuries so yeah. um did some therapy down in the states and stuff and uh didn't know what would come back but i wanted to give it a good shot and um and then i found sports and it's i mean that just just opened uh you know a whole new world up again you you get to meet other people with disabilities and get to hear their story get to learn from them and um you know you get that social aspect back in your life and uh um and then you get to compete again. Like I found curling and I just, I, I fell in love with him. It. It's just, it's just such a fun sport.
0: I heard that you're water skiing now.
3: I actually, yeah, I just got back from Florida. So I was down there for eight days with a, uh, um, it was a, a water ski wakeboard Canada um, regio camp. So it was kind of um, trying to find people interested, trying to get people interested in, in water skiing. Whether it's just recreationally and uh, and you know anything down the line maybe competing um, um, for Canada kind of thing. So.
0: So how does that work? Tell me how does that. I can't visualize it yet. So. Yeah. So you um,
3: you sit in a they call it a cage. So it's a seat cage. Okay. It's basically a metal frame and it has a fabric sling on it, and that is mounted to a, a water ski, which. The, the sit ski is a little wider than it, than an average um got it water ski and then it's bolted on and you sit in it and then it has a foot strap that your feet go in and um depending on your ability usually when you start you'll be in the water and you'll have a side skier with you so like an able body in water skis yeah they'll tow beside you and they'll help you get up because the hardest part was definitely getting up um by yourself independently. So that's something to, that I worked really hard on. I had, I had done it, um, a little bit before I came to this camp, uh, or went to that camp. So,
0: so that's uh, a lot of upper body strength to get up.
3: Yeah. Uh, and technique, I think techniques, um, it is, it is. Are, a lot are of, there
0: women doing it?
3: Yeah. Yeah. There's there's quite a few. So nice. I was surprised there's quite a few different classes that are in, um, in the sport, competitive-wise, and there's a men and women for both. So
0: very good. Yeah. Well, Linda, um, if you didn't see Linda last week, um, we Linda. Linda was born legally blind. She started off riding horses, and her parents gave her a motorized go kart, and so she drives. <laughs> Which I love.
2: Not on public roads now. <laughs> <laughs> i have a daughter-in-law who won't drive because people don't want
0: me on their own i'm like "Mm, well okay um it's so funny but you are involved in so many things and like i i I found out that is an adrenaline junkie and if it says you know she could get hurt she's in she's like yeah i'm there fall off a mountain okay good no seriously though um Linda, you're doing an amazing job volunteering and creating safe spaces for people to get involved. And in. you know, really, like what? What a great champion you are for those with inconveniences.
2: The Act and Together program, Alec and I feel really strongly how important it is. You know, to get people out of their homes. Many people don't have the. Uh, they may not even have the income to participate in events. And they may not have the organizational skills. And you know, when you to have a, a good, safe environment, we are all capable of doing just about everything. And sometimes with modifications, you know. Right. Archery. There's some modifications that have been done so that, you know, one gentleman only had one arm. You know, so Alec developed a, a device so that he could he could come and shoot. Wow. Those- we try to make every every idea that we come up with. We don't want anybody to not be able to participate in some way. I love and that it's so important to get uh, for so many reasons. You know the health, the physical activity, the the mental health. You know um, the group that are getting together. We've seen how they've melded and people who didn't really talk at first and now, wow! You can't get an art a word in edgewise. You know everyone's uh, it's made. Uh, I'm not sure who's gotten more out of it, you know, me or the people that come, because it's just, uh, I'm definitely passionate about it.
0: You know, how difficult was it to get them to come out for the first time?
2: Uh, There was emails, Alec and I phoned everybody that, uh, for the first two or three months, we would phone and encourage, uh, text, you know, just kind of constant reminders and, and, uh, and then word would spread, you know, someone may tell a friend or, and now they just, you know, uh, now we don't, we find we don't even have to call anymore. They just arrive. They just
0: arrive. I just want to give uh, a shout out to the, uh, to the room here. Adriana. Hi. And, uh, Thanks for joining us today. That's great. Um, you know, I, I'm imagining, because I don't know, but I'm imagining that when people come out for the first time, they want to tell their story. Do they want to tell their story? Do they want to talk about what happened to them? or No. They just no, want to get involved? No, no.
2: Just, no, we don't ask. We don't ask what, because sometimes uh, their disability, or their inconvenience is, uh, you can't see what it is. Right. And we don't ask. Uh, so, um, no, no one really divulges or has to divulge. Or, uh, I know in the last, last month we met and I did get talking with one gentleman and he told me, but that's been after several months. It's, it's not expected or, um, but there are some fascinating stories that people have, you know, have pushed themselves through.
0: I, yeah, I can absolutely imagine that. What are they asking for? Like, what kinds of events are people asking for now? I mean, they've experienced the archery and the, in, in you know, curling. What, what else are they? Are they sailing? Are you sailing? Are you dragon boating? Are you like, what are you doing? Or what do they want?
1: But I mean, how can help? They, they like to try everything, you know, and it's just, we're trying to do things that as many people can participate in as possible. So, you know, some of the activities aren't conducive to some of the people with their limitations. So, we're trying to find something that at least the majority can participate in. So it is, you no, know, it's it's a little bit difficult to try to find something beyond that. But the, but they just want to experience new things. So anything that we do is new is something that they want. We had uh, we did billiards for instance uh, just recently, and we had a really good turnout for billiards. You know, so folks are interested in that. Archery, everybody loves archery, and that's that's no bias on my part. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's just something I do, and wheelchair curling is something else, John, that people really like to try. uh, You know,
2: golf is next on the list. Yeah, we're gonna try. We're gonna do golfing, and um, uh, oh, even cooking classes. We're gonna arrange a cooking class. So not everything is necessarily physical, right? uh, it, it, because there's the social aspect and many people don't necessarily know how to cook good, healthy meals or simple meals or meals for one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's really whatever idea anyone comes up with and we try to make it work.
0: Are you providing any hookups? Like dating stuff? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Girl>. <laughs> no, that's not my forte. <laughs> No, we'll leave that to the uh, computer <laughs> sites for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. If anything that's going on, we don't know about it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. So what's what what's happening? Um, are you doing a, a volunteer week activity next week for the National Volunteer Week? Will you be doing that? Or are you going to go right to uh, National Accessibility?
1: Yeah, we're focused on National Accessibility Week, so we're gonna try a different format. Uh, the format that we've had before was that we would have sort of one, one event where we would have the politicians make the declaration that this is, you know, Accessibility Week. Uh, we're doing a different format, so we're trying to get local businesses and services involved so that we get a whole range of activity during the whole week. So for instance, uh, you know, the Pet Value is going to put on a dog grooming clinic or guide dogs that week. Uh, we've got the Archery Club providing sort of instruction for visually impaired archers. Uh, so we're hoping to get as many businesses and services involved where they do a focus a focus on inclusion, so including people with disability as part of their events and sort of showcasing their accessibility and their inclusiveness. So I like that. That's, that's what we're doing, producing that calendar of events, and then hopefully, you know, give people a whole menu of things that they can do during the whole week. And really, the other point is to showcase that Peterborough is a very accessible community you know and very inclusive
0: well, Peterborough is an interesting you know place um you do have the water and you do have you know uh the land i guess and 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 it it I love Peterborough actually I haven't been for a little while, but I like to go out there because it's it's fun um there's some native galleries out there I really like to go to and um a lot, a lot of history out there, I think. Yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a pretty cool little town. How many people live there now? I, call, I keep calling it a little town because they, like I live in a big city here. How many people are there now?
1: I think it's close to 80,000 now. I know it was 78. Oh, it's
0: still little. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not humble at 5,000, but it's still little. Yeah, yeah yeah what about um are you doing any like skiing activities or snowboarding or anything like that have you tried anything like that john
3: uh i haven't as far as winter sports me mm-hmm. um no um skating I Tried skating yeah, yeah. alec got me at skating nice um tried that i'll have to i haven't tried skiing with him so that'll be next year could i skiing with him yeah. um but yeah, no curling keeps you pretty busy in the winter. So,
0: um, do you get experts, Alec, from from different organizations to come and help with showing people how 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 to do things like like skating or skiing or?
1: No, I I mean I have I have experience in a lot of these types of things, so it's just it's just introducing them. Right, if if somebody wants to get competitive and yeah, they're gonna to have to go to a more expert coach, but. My, my whole focus is just introducing people to different things. So we do uh, cross-country skiing or para-skiing. It's done similar to the uh, skating on the sledge, like a sit-down sledge. So that's something that's a great sport too. So I know the basic techniques. Um, actually, in para-skiing, I've, para I've been out to a training camp in Canmore. There at one point in time in my career, I was um, considering doing that competitively. So I was invited out to a development camp. So I did learn a lot at those camps. So you know, I impart that knowledge. But at
0: the so end, I guess you could do a biathlon, couldn't you, with the archery and the and the and the cross country in a Olympic kind of setting?
1: Yeah, they do biathlon, but we don't have the facilities at our club to do biathlon. So <coughs> do they do para biathlon? Yeah, they do para biathlon.
0: Yeah. that'd be kind of fun, actually.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you were young and in shape.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, here. It's hard work, so you I be, started with the skating first. The billiards
0: but, is just uh, a, an excuse to drink beers, is that it?
3: <laughs> you can be old and in shape too. Remember? Yeah.
1: Yes,
0: you can't so can. can
3: exclude <laughs> us older guys. But yeah. I, I think the the way Alec did, like like learning with him to skate, just knowing personally, like it's it, it still takes a while to learn how to skate like it, the balance is oh, yeah. still trying to learn how to turn and everything so i think just getting out on the ice and getting the exposure and and alec giving uh, tips on technique is, is a great great way to start
0: yeah, yeah. getting up is.
3: <laughs> <would be laughs> getting <Yeah>. <laughs> up. it was tough too but i think it's a great way to start just to get out and and i think everybody's disability is a little different so everybody has kind of a different way that they make it work
0: kind of thing. What about um, age group? Are you, do you have kids out or is it mostly adults that you that you guys are working with?
2: 18 and up basically is. Yeah. 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 So, so mainly adults is the active together group. I know that you talk in schools
0: and you know, I've heard some you know, different people say, Oh my God, if that happened to me, uh, my life is over. I'd kill myself. I wouldn't, I couldn't go on. And, you know, I often say, well, you don't know what you can put up with or what you can do until you're forced or faced with it, truly. But did you, either of you think that way before you had your accident? Did, that, was that a thought that ever crossed your mind? Did you ever think, oh, I'm lucky to be able-bodied? Or uh, I mean, It
3: didn't too. really. Like, I didn't have a lot of exposure to people in, in wheelchairs um, in my circle of friends or family, so... I don't particularly remember having that thought and, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm along the same lines as you. Like you never know what, um, how you respond to something until you're put in that situation.
0: Yeah. It's funny because like both, both my husband and my son work commercial construction and that's a thought that, you know, they think about a lot is, you know, what would happen if, or how can we keep it safer and what can we do here? Cause people fall off and do stupid stuff all the time. And, right. um, you know, at workplaces, accidents are very, very common. Even though you know they're not supposed to be. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The one, the one difference between John and I is, like, we have we have an acquire we have an injury, right? And the focus there can be getting better. Mm-hmm. Even though, yes, I'm going to be in a wheelchair, I can get better and better at how I use the wheelchair and how I adapt to the wheelchair and getting into sports. Where if somebody has a, some sort of a chronic disease and it's actually getting worse and worse, right? That, is a totally different type of thing. So That's true. You're very positive because we can say, okay, let's try something. You know, we're going to get better. We're going to get better at this. We're going to do something different.
0: You're not in pain at all, either of you.
1: Pardon?
0: Not, do you are, Do you have pain? Like, do you have any pain with your injury?
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. What do
0: you do? Yeah. What you do?
3: Yeah, quite a bit in my injury site and, and all around and everything. And, yeah. But it's just something you get used to.
1: Yeah. and Like, a, a to, it's been 36 years for me and, you know, you mentioned it now, and I said, oh, yeah, I have pain, but otherwise I wouldn't even think about
0: it. You don't think about it?
1: Yeah,
0: no, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You guys are incredible. So I know that, you know, Linda kind of had a bucket list of things that she wants to do with with uh, her life. What What about you? Do you have anything on your bucket list, John, that is next? Do you want to, like, go, you know, parasailing or something? Or uh,
3: Well, I did parasailing when I was able-bodied, and I wasn't, it wasn't amazing for me. Like it, it's not very adrenaline rush. Like, um, I I'd like skydiving. I bungee jumped when I was when I was able bodied. That was amazing. Um, yeah, skydiving would be cool. And uh, you get better at this. I really enjoyed the water skiing, so I'd like to improve. And
0: try. when I got out of the hospital, there was a I think it's called para para parachute, and it's like a a, a machine that goes up with a parachute and it's kind of like you're flying
3: oh,
0: yeah. uh, with a little engine. And I always wanted to do that
3: paragliding. Is that like the, like the glider though, skydiving? Is that what you mean? No, pardon no. me? Like the indoor skydiving.
0: No, no, it, it, you, you, you go up, it's like, it has like a parachute on it and, it, but it's not, it's not a glider, uh, but it has a motor and it's, it's like a little flying machine kind of thing. It's, it's oh, okay.
3: Cool. I know mean. Cool. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, you sort of lay on it flat out,
0: or you can sit. And two people, you can sit tandem and and go up too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that'd be neat.
0: Yeah, I thought that would be kind of a fun thing to to try <laughs> for those know. adrenaline junkies out there.
1: Yeah, I don't no have bucket a, list. I don't have a bucket list. No, I just have an open mind. So, so <laughs> he's <I'll>, up for <laughs> anything. Try anything. More. That's exactly. <laughs> Opportunity presents itself. I'll try it.
0: Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Lynn says she's sure that bungee jumping with a wheelchair could be done, but the impact on the body might not be recommended.
1: <laughs> if, you watch the, uh, if you watched Rick, the Rick Mercer show, yes. you had uh, Rick Hansen bungee
3: jumping on one of the shows.
1: Yeah. Oh, did
0: he? And wow. I think, I think
3: yeah. uh, Rick Mercer did it, too. Rick Mercer did it, too. Yeah, yeah they both did it.
0: Wow. Like
3: when I when I bungee jumped lead, bungee jumped able body, it's not very much impact on
0: this. Oh it isn't? It feels like it would be like a huge it's impact not, on your It's body. real
3: gentle, you come down, you kinda of stop, and then it gently pulls you back up and springs you.
0: So Doesn't you don't look don't gentle to me. <laughs> and Alec, you you're traveling the world. Where are you going? Tell us about all the places you've been.
1: Oh, I've been well, I've been involved in uh, Paralympic sport on the national team since uh 1983 so there's not Are you a
0: coach on. for some teams? Pardon? Are you a coach for some teams?
1: Uh I was a coach uh, last year for the Invictus uh, games which Yeah, okay. uh, the wounded soldier program. Yeah. So I help but I don't have a uh, I'm not into coaching yet cuz I'm still an active athlete. So I'm still on the national team. So yeah, I've traveled I don't think there's any continent that I haven't been to in most countries so Wow. I've been to uh, I think about twelve world championships or thirteen world championships,
0: and and you just came home with a bronze, didn't you? Uh, no. No, did I? Am I not reading this correctly?
2: Oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Yeah, the Ontario Winter
0: Games. Uh, we were at the
1: Ontario Winter Games for curling. Curling. Yeah. That was a bronze medal. Oh, okay,
0: okay.
2: okay. Yeah.
1: Thank sorry.
0: you, Linda. Thank you. <laughs> He's got so many. Oh, like total idiot. It's yeah. <laughs> a good problem to have. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember them all. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's pretty exciting. And what about, are you traveling, John? I know that you just said you came back from Florida water skiing, but are you? Uh,
3: a little bit. I traveled a bit. Um, well, water skiing, yeah, I was in Florida. So um, Winter Haven, we were there for eight days water skiing. Um, curling was pretty Busy year this year. I was in Edmonton in September and um, Green Bay, Wisconsin in October. Um, that was with the national program. And, um, and then we, it was actually really cool. We got the Continental Cup was in London, Ontario this year. So we got to play on the ice and got a little TSN time and everything. So
0: Nice. Was, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. So.
0: so is there a country that, you're, that you want to go to? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd like
3: to jump the pond, I think, go over to Europe and, uh, see, you know, Great Britain, Ireland, all that, uh, Scotland, and, uh, even farther, Australia, so.
0: So the Commonwealth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I know Linda's going to go mountain climbing in, in, uh, Utah.
2: Yep, I'm looking forward to that.
0: And what, anything across the pond or any other country that you're looking forward to going to?
2: No, I'll just, I'll I'll steal uh, Alex's line. I'll just keep my options open. (laughs) So So I'm really, whenever I see an opportunity, I just, you know, yeah, let's do that. You know, so. um,
0: uh, How are you raising money? I mean, the government's not giving you any money for your program. So how, how are these things funded? Is it just personal, personally funded um, by each individual? Is that pretty much how it's going
2: yeah it's personally funded or we approach businesses and we explain the situation and so usually businesses give us a cut us a real break they they're the uh, peterborough businesses have been very accommodating so that's been great and uh, we're just we are searching and hoping for funding and even or sponsorships you know we're open to anything on when it comes to uh, money for this program yeah and keep it going because that's going to open more options. You know, there are some things that are definitely costs and there's transportation issues for some of the people as well.
0: Sure. Yeah. Now, uh, does anybody have a dog in your group? Does anybody come with a, with a seeing eye dog? Nobody, nobody. Okay. I think I'm
2: the, uh, visually impaired person. You're the only
0: visually impaired person.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: You're dangerous. (laughs) just teasing you. Um, the, um, the chairs that both of you are in, how expensive can they get, and how long do they last?
1: Well, the chairs, chair that I have currently was uh, $6,200. It's just a manual chair. So, wow. Yeah. It's, they, they try to make it lightweight, and they say there's a lot of expense in the design. So, it's, so chairs are typically $6,000 plus. Um, they'll last usually five years,
3: eh, John? Yeah, that's the that's a lifetime. Like if you get, you get a lifetime warranty on a wheelchair, they consider it five years. So
0: wow, so that's a lot of money. And who helps you pay for those?
1: Well, the Ontario um, have the uh, the ADE, a- a- pro- a- yeah, which is the Adaptive uh, Assistive yeah. Devices Program. So they will pay seventy five percent of eligible um, for eligible equipment. So. It could include uh, wheelchairs, includes uh, walkers, walkers, and, all kinds of assistive devices. Crutches, yeah, all kinds of assistive devices. So and, and
0: will it retrofit your car if you want to drive? Or no,
3: no, no. no you'd have to go through um, like a march of dimes or something like that for for funding for yeah. an accessible ride.
0: So the funding that you're looking for for this program, though, is. Um, is event funding. Is that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's event funding, you know, so definitely active together is, uh, is our focus. Uh, right now, presently our, uh, our upcoming focus is national accessibility week, you know, providing it's about providing. It's not about fundraising accessibility week. It's strictly about education and awareness, getting businesses to open up, uh, their doors to show that they are accessible. And especially, uh, those that may offer some form of sport, so that uh, the able-bodied and those that may live with a disability can come and enjoy it, maybe, and introduce themselves to something new and, and showcase kind of both sides.
0: So you've, you've lived in um, Peterborough a long time, Alec? Have you?
2: No, I
1: moved here. Uh, I work with the Ministry of Natural Resources, so I moved okay. over province so I moved here in uh, what was it 2006 I believe
0: it was okay okay uh, I, I was with the government too um, did you did you ever do the wolf watch in Peterborough with MNR?
1: the wolf watch I did that in Algonquin Park but not, yeah. not here in Peterborough but in Algonquin okay. Park I did that yeah
0: very cool yeah um, okay so I'm just wondering, since you've been there since 2006, it's now 18, how how much change have you seen as far as accessibility with the businesses in town? Like, what kind of growth have you seen and witnessed?
1: Yeah, the Peterborough area, you know, if I go back even further, when I was first injured, so going back to 1979, 1980, there's been a tremendous amount of work done with respect to accessibility in the physical environment. And by that, I mean ramps and curb cuts and audible traffic signals and those types of things. So a tremendous amount of work has been done in that area. Um, the problem, I mean, a lot of the issue still is with, you know, I call, there's accessibility, there's inclusion. Yeah. For instance, when I went back to work, uh, they made the office accessible and the fact they put a ramp in where there were stairs. And I got an office on the bottom floor. Uh, the issue, of course, was that the rest of my unit was on the second floor there's no elevator uh, the meetings room were on the second floor, and the coffee room was in the basement so so the building was accessible, but it certainly was not inclusive, and in then I couldn't right. put it in coffee breaks if i if there was a meeting upstairs i'd have to dial in you know
0: oh my gosh so,
1: um but i mean that was that was nineteen eighty right so and then, as the trillium grant grew, there was lots more funding available through Trillium for businesses and private sector to start acquiring grants to do that. So there's been a tremendous amount of work in that area. And I think, you know, when I think of the Peterborough Curling Club, uh, they didn't have a lift to the lounge area until, you know, one of my predecessors, Carl, started curling there. And then it was in no time at all they had that. And in our club now, they're putting in accessible doors, like the door, automatic door openers. So you know once once you start participating and being included in those types of activities there's grants available and it's a lot of the businesses and clubs are very very proactive in seeking out grants and making those changes to make you know to make the club very very inclusive so i, I love that. agree with me that the peterborough curraney club is a fantastic club with respect to being inclusive for people with disabilities
3: yeah, it's been amazing they uh, they really just adopted us right into their curling club and you know we're just we're just like another member there we we play full league games and you know um everything just just works like it's uh it's great it's a really accessible club and
0: is is there anyone in town that you go oh my gosh i wish they would just get up to date i wish they would you know fix something so i could go in there do something
2: well, they, there's two bowling alleys in Peterborough and mm-hmm. neither one's so like our active together group, unless we exclude everybody with a mobility issue and mobility issue isn't just in a wheelchair, sure. you know, walkers or can't do stairs. And so both those facilities have extremely, uh, either st- steep stairs going down or steep stairs going up uh, you know? yeah. and, uh, yeah. Well, that's kind of the first one that comes to the ones, mind.
3: Yeah. The ones in the basement and the other ones on the second floor. So,
2: yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know? Plus the
0: theater, the movie theaters. They're good usually. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah.
3: they're good. So,
1: so the thing is, I think there's, there's options. Like there's some restaurants, of course, that aren't accessible, but it's very, very difficult for some of the older buildings to become accessible because they obviously can't put a big ramp out onto the sidewalk because that would obstruct all the pedestrian traffic. So, but I find that a lot of the businesses, they do have portable ramps. So if I go to a certain restaurant, you know, and make it known that I would like to come in, they have a portable ramp, they put it out and they help you up.
0: Oh, that's nice. I like yeah. that. Yeah. There was a really cool video. I can't remember. It was a couple of years ago where it was almost like an escalator stair that, that went down. But then when people wanted to come, it would open, it would open. And then, you know, it would start to rise and, and this yeah. escalator, this yeah. ramp or whatever would go. That was very cool. So I mean, you can be ingenious. Yeah. <laughs> it costs money. There you go, know, you know. yeah.
1: <laughs> so like I say, there's there's lots and lots of changes made in the physical environment. and Really where we need to work on, I think, is in sort of the, the attitudes of people. So, you know, a lot of people, when they see a person in a wheelchair, they they make some automatic assumptions, right, first impressions. So they'll assume that you're in a wheelchair, oh, you're you're not healthy, so there's something wrong with your health, whereas – John and I can attest that, yes, we're in a wheelchair, but we're very, very healthy. Right. Uh, There's lots of concern. You know, people would say, oh, they're dependent. So, you know, an example I use is um, I went to the bank when I first came to Peterborough and I was going to deposit a check. So I put the check on the counter and right away the, the cashier there asked the lady behind me whether I would like cashed in my checking or savings account. So the assumption was that I had a caregiver with me, Right. Right. Those are still some of the attitudes that we need to work on, and uh, you know I think things like the Paralympic Games uh, are a fantastic way that the whole the whole part of the Paralympic movement is they want to turn the focus from the disability to the ability. Right. What they're doing is showcasing ability instead of disability. I I like I think that's really powerful, and it's come a long way to make people realize that hey, person in a person in a wheelchair don't have expectations that they're not going to be able to do certain things. Right. And that's really where we want to get is yes, there's certain limitations, but certainly there's lots and lots of ability.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The focus of council for persons with disabilities, the organization that, you know, we represent, you know, it is, it's about, um, providing an opportunity, uh, for those with a disability and, and to, uh, get involved in things and and also provide understanding and education to complete Peterborough County, you know, and across.
0: It sounds to me like you, and I might be wrong, but I think I might be right that you guys are, are really at the forefront of something that you're spearheading um, that a community in in ways that other communities are going to want to follow suit if they're not already. So are you being reached out to by other communities right now and going, how are you doing this? And uh, how can I, I be like you guys?
2: Uh, not at this point. No. no. Well, you know. will. No, i <laughs> here and I may change. Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I, think, I think, you know, the work that you guys are doing is, is absolutely fantastic. And I'm not sure how we're going to get attitudes to change, Alec, but, you know, certainly, um, like with anything because uh, I'm working you know on compassion for animals and things like that, I think it starts with young people. It starts with in the schools because they're the easiest minds to change and and they tend to teach their grown up parents um no don't say that don't think like that it's not right it's not correct you know you're wrong and and I, I see a lot of that
2: happen. when we go into the schools and and do that teaching you know the the kids are amazing you know with the Tims program, and so we are uh it is one of the the things, it's where, you know, you start kind of from the ground or the young up to change attitudes.
0: Yeah.
2: And we don't even, we're not necessarily even having to change attitudes. We just have to expand their knowledge and give them further understanding. You know, just because someone's visually impaired doesn't mean that they're deaf. You know, there's a lot of assumptions like
0: right. that. Right. Yeah.
2: So, like John had to
0: talk louder because he was in a chair and yeah. I'm, I'm way over here. and
2: we are you know. <laughs> <impaired doesn't
0: mean laughs> pretty, pretty far away. I thought yeah. would yell. I don't know. <laughs>
3: But I think yeah. one of the
1: one of the ways that we change attitudes is just by getting out into the community and showing abilities, right? Like when I go grocery shopping, I'm out in the community doing my own grocery shopping, and I think that yeah. changes people's attitudes, simple little things like that, you know? The mm-hmm. fact that we're curling in the curling club, there's lots and lots of people that see us curling, yeah. and that changes attitudes too, so yeah, I think the fact that we're just out there and we're being able to, doing things that we're doing is has a huge impact on people.
0: how many people come up and ask you if they can help you while you're grocery shopping
3: Uh, daily it's it's, it's daily and it's i mean people do it out of the kindness of their heart but
0: right like do you have a reacher for the top shelves and
1: that's when i take advantage and ask somebody to help me yeah Yeah, that's maybe the only time.
2: John John and I are both bachelors so yeah,
1: we take advantage of that. We do, we do.
2: (laughs) They wait for the right woman to come along, and then exactly.
0: Could you feel those for me? Tell me if they're all right. (laughs) We're on here. I didn't know you knew my tricks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, uh, they're there for sure. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. well wow, you guys are 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 really certainly something special, and I am so glad that I got to meet all of you and Linda, you know for this um being in charge of national accessibility Week, computer world like that's that's a huge honor and a huge you know role for you uh are you did you volunteer for that or, <laughs> or <did you? laughs> I have a feeling I'll do it.
2: Um, actually, no, I. Uh, it You're is nominated. an honor. I, I do work with a, a committee, uh, of, a variety of people, uh, but no, I, I actually didn't honor. I was appointed. Uh, nice. I also uh, am the communication coordinator for Council for Persons with Disabilities, so I was appointed the position, and I I was like, oh, this is. This is huge, <laughs> like I, but it, it's fun where it's working out beautifully. We've expanded the program and, uh, I'm really looking forward to it and the, the committee has worked hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just have another question in in that Tim's program. Um, like you bring, uh, wheelchairs or, or different kinds of things yes. for people to sit in and try and see
2: how, how could I do it? Yeah. And that's where the choyum funding comes in Yeah, uh, too, that, uh, it provides the opportunity that uh, if chairs need to be rented or uh, a lot of times they can be borrowed from other organizations. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a outreach coordinator for the Tim's program uh, that does organize all of that. Uh, but there's certainly, there are costs involved because a lot of the volunteers that go into the schools, uh, they're long distances. And so, you know, transportation has to be arranged. Sure. And so on. But we take all the chairs and, even visual aid devices and, uh, and with different mobility devices. Uh, So you're the
0: only sighted person or non-sighted person, I guess, or visible challenge sighted challenge person. (laughs) I
2: don't know what we're going to call you. Uh,
0: Are there any deaf people in your group?
2: So I'm not the only visually impaired in the Tim's program that goes into schools. Okay. There's a few of us that do that. Okay. Uh, And, uh, there is uh, there is there is a deaf section and the mobility section and then the intellectually uh, challenged or the more like the invisible uh, things that people may challenge if they're say autistic or ASD there's different things that uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: deal with so there's that that area um, I haven't actually been able to attend in the hearing section because I'm always you know teaching in the visual section
0: yeah
2: or so sure what i know that uh they put uh headphones on everybody so that they can't hear yeah and and then we'll play uh read things and see what people because it, the hearing's muffled or they can't hear and so it's you know it's showing people how someone with a hearing impairment you know is not included in conversations and what they right. like to deal with
0: it's tough it's yes. tough. Like you get, you know, you tune out because you can't hear, and so you become more isolated. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And being visually impaired, like ninety, like a lot, ninety percent of communication really uh, is a lot of it is body language. Right. And and then the second part is, of course, people talking. And so, it's, especially if someone is dealing with, say, visual and hearing, you know, and it might even if it's not a hundred, like complete in both, but it, you know, it does take away. And so it's it just trying to educate people, you know, facing the facing when you, if you know someone's hearing impaired, talking to them, you know, not turning your head or right. It's just simple things that can make things like a lot easier.
0: So if somebody's listening today and they want to um, get in touch with you, they have a family member or they, they, they themselves want to become involved. How can they do that?
2: They can go to the council for persons with disabilities website and uh, email uh, so my email is Linda l-y-n-d-a at p-c-p-d dot they can also go on the website and subscribe to the newsletter that comes out monthly and that gives an overview of the TIMS program and any achievements that CPD has, does each well, month. Well this
0: council with persons with disabilities there must be a lot of those websites kind of is there a specific P. 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 So P C. P C P D. Yeah. So P C P D for yeah.
2: persons with disabilities,
0: So P okay. B. Yeah. And if you're listening anywhere, really, in the world, and you want to um, replicate the the wonderful work that these three are doing, you know, certainly reach out to to Linda, Alec, or John, and um, I'm sure they'll help you find your way. Absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you so much, the three of you, for being my guests today. Thanks, everybody, in the chat room. That was really sweet of you to show up. We love that. And uh, best of luck. And next I'm going to wish you, you a happy Volunteer team. Week next week because you're yeah. all volunteers. You yeah. are. And, and, you know, have a wonderful National Accessibility Week. Thank
1: you, thank you so Thanks,
2: much. Thanks,
0: Frankie. Okay, I'm going to take us out of here. I'm going to stop our live stream. Bye, everybody, in Facebook. We're going. And I guess.